Interestingly, in the recent study that we did, is there was over 60% reported improvement of quality of life, which obviously is a big factor. Over 70% reported improvement in sleep. Beauty of today's technology is that we can be so precise with the protocol and the, the personalization of those protocols for purpose, and uh, also too than the physiological measurements that bioelectronics in some regards is going to come into its own in the electronics age, in the biosensor data age, because it fits absolutely perfect. You know, it, it's connectivity to technology and, you know, even things like algorithm. That is Rick Rowan. And I'm Sanjay, your host. And this is the Stay Whole Podcast. My aim is to help you demystify the world of health and wellness to enable you to live happier, healthier and more productive lives. This revolves around three key principles. Eat, live and move. Rick Rowan is a healthcare entrepreneur, innovator and facilitator. After living with back pain for over 30 years, then resolving his issue using bioelectrical medical technology, he began the five-year journey of developing groundbreaking application of centuries-old medicine using latest technology and best available medical evidence. He was the brains and developer behind the world's first ultra-wearable dual treatment device, the tech version of a painkiller and anti-inflammatory combined together. Rick is currently the CEO and founder of Neurocore Bioelectronics. They are a medical technology company specializing in non-implantable electroceuticals, bioelectrical medicine, and the development of this technology and trying to make a positive impact on the quality of life on a global scale. Rick, thank you very much for joining me on the Stay Whole podcast. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you very much for taking that time out of your schedule. Um, I'd like to dig in a little bit about, you know, Neurocore and what they do. But first, I would like to know a little bit about yourself, you know, who you are, what you do and uh, how you came to, to do what you're doing right now. Thanks for the intro, Sanjay. It's my pleasure to be here. Uh I'm the CEO and founder of Neurocore Bioelectronics. We're a, a little over a three-year-old uh, startup. I, I suppose the simplest explanation of what Neurocore does or is is we are the bioelectrical version of a pharmaceutical company uh, in that we develop electroceuticals as therapeutics in you know various areas, but uh, in particular things like um, pain management and physical recovery, as well as things like tissue healing. Fantastic. And uh, how did you come into this? I mean, what's your background before this? How did you get into this line of work? Because ele- <laughs> electroceuticals is actually the first time I've ever heard that word ever said out loud. Um, and yeah. it's probably the first time a lot of people have heard that. I mean, we've heard of pharmaceuticals and it's a nice way. It's a great description, is it? The, 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 the equivalent of that. But uh, yeah, how did that all come about? Uh, I mean, it's not a super exciting story and it was rather, rather by accident. But I was, uh, I describe a lifelong back pain sufferer. I mean, I had other other issues. And probably nearly eight years ago now, uh, I came across a TENS machine. So the humble uh, TENS machine, which is for those that don't know, it's a, you know one of those stimulation devices or some people call them zappers um, that the physios put on you that you, you, know, you, can, you can buy from, from pharmacy, etc. Um, that produce electrical currents that are used for pain relief. Now, when I used it, um, I had relief like I'd never had before. So, you know, I was on a cocktail of painkillers and anti-inflammatories for most of my life, to be honest, and it was getting worse as I got older. And it gave me relief like I'd never had before, but then another time when I would use it, it would do absolutely nothing. 
Um, so first of all, I was excited about the fact that it, it worked and disappointed, obviously, by the second part. So um, having quite a sort of scientific mind, uh, you know, I like to know how things work and I'm quite a logical deductor, if you like. Um, I started to look at the science or lack of, it's probably a better description, of what's out behind the, these products um, and the technology. And uh, once I started to look at that and, you know, look at the various studies and the parameters that showed positive results and negative results, you know, I started to understand that it was actually the parameters themselves which dictated, uh, you know, whether the application was correct, whether it would work or whether it wouldn't, and not only that, but, you know, how it was suitable or might change its suitability for the individual. And that's where that that sort of journey started. Uh, I got involved with a, an earlier company in Australia that was predominantly product-focused, and it was sort of my first foray into it, but I felt that, you know, there was much more to bioelectronics as in um, the opportunity in the, in electroceuticals, so using, you know, bioelectronics or bioelectricity as therapeutics other than just this sort of this uh, nerve stim or muscle stim uh, uh, area. So Neurocore was formed, uh, you know, formed from the outset with the intent of uh, developing research and development and furtherment of bioelectronics as therapeutics. And uh, you know we've we've come a long a long long way in a short period of time. And back to your original question, no, I don't have a a background in in this area. I came from high end real estate and and retail uh, predominantly prior to that. Fantastic. So this this area of bioelectronics and um, you know electroceuticals, just for those that may not be familiar with these terms, what what do we mean when we talk about bioelectronics? That's a good question. So bi bioelectronics uh, is literally uh, anything that, uh, as the name implies, uh, bridges between uh, electronics or, or uh, you know, uh, uh, electrical uh, hardware or into biology. So if you, we could go back, you know, to ancient Egyptian and Roman times and um, clinicians were using electric eels or electric fish to treat things like migraines and pain. So they understood that, um, you know, even from, from that time ago through to the Edison, Tesla era, uh, you know, whereby the the early era of medical device technology using electricity or bioelectricity, we call it because it's, you know, the electricity within the body, uh, started to develop. And fast forward to, um, you know, the 20th century uh, where we were able to start controlling uh, currents better and understanding how they sort of reacted in the body but it took a bit of a back seat with the advent of the you know pharmaceutical um uh uprising <laughs> i don't know what better word to use um now it's it's making a resurgence because as we understand it even with pharmaceuticals what you're actually affecting ultimately is a um a change in the, in the body or, or cell function that ultimately has an electrical function. So, you know, we are electrical. You know, if something happens to someone, you end up, you know, in hospital or, or under care, some of the first things they measure is your vitals. And, you know, it's electricity or bioelectricity, which is, you know, driving your nervous system, is driving your, your heart's pumping, your brain activity. All of these are, are bioelectrical activity. So, you know, if we don't have any bioelectrical activity, um, we're probably ceasing to exist in in our understanding of, of, of how living things work. So um, 
yeah, it's it's all of the melding of those functions. Some basic bioelectronics you probably don't realize are things like pacemakers, defibrillators, cochlear implants, uh, uh, spinal cord stimulators. These are all bioelectronics, you know, interfacing biology with electronics. Yeah, I think everyone's familiar with the, you know, watching medical documentaries of, you know, people, you know, getting out the the the, the, the zappers, as you call it, and, and giving someone a jolt. And that's effectively trying to stimulate that bioelectricity to, to obviously bring someone back into into consciousness. Um, it's a fascinating area. And, and the way, you know, we talk about, you mentioned pharmaceuticals and the rise of pharmaceuticals to treat pain, to treat conditions. Are we, are we saying that, you know, what some of these pharmaceuticals, and, and again, this is a, maybe a general statement, but some of these pharmaceuticals are not getting to the root cause of what some of this this pain is. I mean, we're talking about if we're talking about just pain management because we've kind of stumbled upon that. Is it that this is a different way of approaching pain management in that it can help address cause or, or things that pharmaceuticals can't? <laughs> That's a potentially contentious question, but in saying that. Uh, Yes, is is probably the simple answer. You know, when you're taking a painkiller, essentially, um, pain is a it's a signal, right? It's a signal from the body to the brain. And uh, pharmaceuticals look to either inhibit that signal, or or some way um, interrupt it, or or reduce the receptors that are uh, sending the signal, etc. So when we're using bioelectronics as an example, or we're using bioelectricity. Uh, it's more like a direct mechanical function. So we are, you know, we're, we're directly impacting that signal source, receptor source, whatever it may be. So we're just sort of taking a more direct route rather than the, the chemical route to uh, create the, the, you know, the same desired outcome. Right. Okay. That makes sense. So we're just going directly to the, to the, to the, to cause it's a direct route, which, which it makes sense. So, so where, where is this useful? I mean, you know, we, we can, it's obviously on the surface of it, you know, it's obviously easy, also easier for someone to just take a tablet or take a pill or, or to take a course of pharmaceuticals, but um, that's a different conversation. But I mean, where is this useful? Where can people put this to use? I mean, where, where, where are you seeing the successes with this technology? So one area that we are seeing success in our recent uh, patient survey was actually reduction or in some time, in some cases, elimination of pain medication. So, you know, pain medication for all their positives still have the uh, potential for toxicity or side effect profile. I mean, it, it just par for it. I'm sure everyone's aware of it. It's probably just not top of mind. Um, so we can definitely have an impact there. But musculoskeletal uh, issues in general, as in physical uh, pain from everything from arthritis, lower back pain, neck pain, shoulder, all your typical elements which affect, you know, more than um, 50% of the population on a fairly uh, you know, on a chronic level in some way, shape or form is where we have the biggest immediate impact with our current technologies, so our, our current product in market, technology in market. Uh, going forward, uh, everything from, uh, you know, when we start to delve deeper into the science and the clinical side of things such as using microcurrent, which is not, it's subsensory, so you cannot feel the stimulations working at cellular current level. We can start to look at improving things at root cause, as you've just mentioned, such as inflammation, um, which, you know, using sinus pain as an example. Now, sinus, sinus pain stems from an inflammation of the, of the sinuses. Uh, if you can reduce that inflammation reaction, then, of course, ultimately you reduce the pain. Similarly, when you've got arthritis or, or some other trigger, because inflammation is often a root cause of uh, at least initiation of that 
pain issue. If you can control the root cause, i.e. the inflammation, then you have a better chance of managing um, you know, the, at a physiological level as a, as a benefit other than just masking something. Wow. So we're, we're actually talking, you mentioned sometimes the elimination of taking pharmaceutical pain management, you know, uh, and, and, and would this be, would, would the, this, this new therapy be instead of, and they would be doing this therapy for, for, yeah, for however long, or is this something that we can actually say, okay, we can start using this treatment and eventually we don't need any other form of help to, to manage pain? We don't present it as that. We present it as an adjunct to existing therapies, so to improve those outcomes, um, to give patients and uh, customers and clinicians an, another choice, so, you know, another uh, solution, because the problem too with the analgesic ladder is it only goes one way, and that is that it goes up, and, you know, I, I don't think there'd be any doctor, GP or, or you know, pain specialist that would say otherwise. So you, you either need to, you know, help the patient through lifestyle choices or, or other interventions to reduce that, but you're never going to reduce the issue with painkillers. Painkillers is just simply a solution to, to the pro, uh, a solution to the symptomatic problem. So, you, you know, we don't present it as that. We present it as an adjunct or, or, or an alternative, but um, our own data suggests that um, for those, yeah, you know, there's a, there's a strong, a very large percentage who are able to reduce or eliminate pain medication using uh, bioelectronics or using the technology. Yeah, and I think this is a, an important an, an important area. And you mentioned this is recent. You've, this is what you've seen has been a, a high rate of success here. Uh, and I think there's also just a general shift. People's mindsets want to you know, shift away from taking pharmaceuticals. You know, there's there's we, we know there's problems with opioid addiction and all these other aspects. You know, which which do come with come with that world. And I think trying to find alternative, natural, safe remedies and and things to aid because people can be living with pain for for quite you know quite some time. And and if we're in pain, it, it drastically reduces the quality of our lives and and i meet people all the time who say oh you know i've got this pain but it's been there forever i i just it's just always there and i'm like like you said that's a signal that's a signal from your brain saying something's not quite right here and we need to we need to address that but we just we, you know we're in this culture where we just kind of ah oh, we just we just get on with it and we mask things and then at some point in time if we don't manage it of course that's when it can come back and 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 harm us in the future so i think it's vitally important that we have these remedies yeah, absolutely. So interestingly, um, in the recent study that we did is there was a, over 60% actually um, reported improvement of quality of life, which obviously is a, a big factor. Over 70% reported improvement in sleep. Um, and uh, somewhere, don't quote me on this exactly, somewhere between 50 to 60% uh, reported improvement in mood because, uh, you know, I know from my own in uh, fact, that having that pain or that potential for pain is sitting like a weight on your, your shoulders. It's just a constant thing that you're always thinking about. You know, um, if I pick up my kids, is, is my back going to trigger? You know, if I've tied my shoelace, pulling my shoe on incorrectly, all of these little things, and it, it is a weight and it does affect you uh, mentally. And when you actually are suffering, it's quite isolating. Um, so, yeah, there's, you know, there's numerous sort of peripheral factors that are also involved.
Yeah, absolutely. Because you know, I I I do some work on the on the diabetes prevention program here in the UK, and you know that is all about improving people's quality of life and and you know making lifestyle changes. And even though people have made all the lifestyle changes and done all the the mindfulness and all of the things that we we, we talk about in the program, when they have physical things like pain. It's a big block. It's a, it's a major block. It's like yes, Sanjay, I've done that. I'm losing a bit of weight. I'm I'm yes, I'm feeling better, but my back still hurts, or you know, my shoulders still 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 giving me trouble. And and that could the, the alleviation of that can just be the opening of just a whole new way of life. Yeah, well, interesting. It's probably a subject all on its own. But um, diabetes or diabetic patients is a a big opportunity for us, one that we're having very good inroads. Matter of fact, we're creating a, a case study series right now around data and, and diabetic patients, diabetic neuropathy, um, improvement in lower limb circulation, um, you know, a whole range of of things that, you know, bioelectronics or electroceuticals as therapies can have an impact on. And, uh, you know, Diabetes, unfortunately, is increasing at a rapid rate. It's not. It's not getting better. So, as you've said, whether that's lifestyle or not is not really the 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 core issue. It's how do we best help um, you know those people that that, that need it. Yeah, I think, and and I, I know that there's a lot of work. You know, I've looked at your website and then seen there's a as a drive towards you know diabetes, obesity, all these other, other conditions. I think this if this can be you know proven on a large on a large scale to be very effective. I I really think it's just a, another another step in this. You know, if we talk about lifestyle medicine. It's just another step in this way of helping people. You know, without going the, down the road of ending up in a hospital, which I think is fantastic, and I'm I'm all for that. So absolutely. So yeah, we got we got pain management. So there's obviously we can we can help people with pain, and this is anyone. We're not just talking about you know a specific type group of people. Whatever the pain is, um, they can they can be helped. Um, the other areas that you talk about uh, that this this technology is helpful is, is performance and recovery. Can we touch on on those a little bit? Sure. So, um, you know, when you talk about uh, things like diabetic uh, patients and lower limb circulation, so, you know, often the calf muscle is referred to the, the second heart of the body, particularly the, the lower circulatory system uh, in that it helps with circulation uh, through the lower limbs and lower limb circulation has a big effect on overall health. So, you know, if if we're able to improve circulation in a, in a you know diabetic then of course uh, it almost goes without saying we can help uh, improve circulation in an athlete so an athlete uh, post training will look to um, either have a warm down or recovery session which involves low level stress uh, with regards to keeping active or or keeping that circulation up because you know fresh blood oxygen nutrients etc all helps in that recovery process so that's it at a mechanical function level so we can through um, external stimulation of the lower limb or application of microcurrent at the cellular level we can improve these these markers but the other part of that uh, is actually the ability for microcurrent to normalize cellular current or normalize um, tissue function quickly so when you've got damaged tissue the, the current level or impedance level of the uh, cells can change or does change and applying uh, external microcurrent can uh, accelerate the normalization of that so that's on the the recovery side the performance side is a little bit more technical and it also is relative to the user but there is def- there's plenty of, of evidence around uh, things like change in muscle fiber type 
to um, additional recruitment of um, fibre for um, torque or, or strength gains. So a very lay example is if you were to do a squat, as an example, um, regardless of how heavy and how hard you strained, your body will always keep fibre in, in reserve. It never activates 100% of fibre. Through external stimulation and correct parameters, we can actually increase the amount of fibre recruited, the muscle fibres recruited. So we can increase torque strength. And uh, the thing is that once that is once that process and the sort of it, diminishing returns happen on average from studies around the six-week mark for elite athletes, uh, you maintain that additional recruitment aside from also the fact that you're able to work more muscle fibre with your sets. So there's this, this, you know, larger activation in general of, of um, training efficiency. So it's not just so it's, so it's not just whilst I'm if I'm doing a lift, it's not like I have to I'm, I'm wear I have to wear the device to get that benefit. I can wear the device, but with training with that with that device, I can keep some of the gains. So I don't need to be so you know if I'm going into competition, of course I don't I probably can't I'm not allowed to wear that device on me. So I'm still getting the benefits of of having it having trained with the device. Is that what you're saying? Yes, correct. So yeah, it's it's just making those uh, that training more efficient uh, because essentially you are uh, doing more of what it is that you, you're getting more out of what your your training is intended for. And the the other side of that is things like um, uh, you know muscle wastage in the aging. So as we as we get older and we become less mobile, um, you know we lose we lose muscle. So there's, again, there's plenty, not just not our studies specifically, but there's studies around use of particular protocols for improving or reducing muscle wastage. And uh, similarly, things whenever you've got, for instance, an arthritic knee or a painful knee or a painful joint, the body starts to shut down the activation of uh, the muscles surrounding that joint to protect it so that you're not you know, loading or it's reducing the load on or stress on that joint. Um, similarly, we can help improve that functional strength. And, you know, we've got a number of, of strength and conditioning trainers and, and clinicians who are doing exactly that. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, I'm, I was looking through, and I've got to open here the performance, um, some of the statistics that you've come you've come up with. That, you know, it's just fantastic. It's you know, seventy nine percent in increase in isometric strength, and four percent eight increase in sprint times and vertical jumps and force impulse. I mean, there's some, and these are, and this is, I, I guess, this is based on athletes already. So these are people that are already performing at a specific level. It's all good and well if you're starting at a baseline of. A couch potato and you're going to see <laughs> yeah. gain you're going to see gains pretty you're going to get numbers like 79 percent. we're talking about people that already are performing at quite a, an elite, elite level and we're seeing these cut type of gains in them which is which is phenomenal yeah and look again this is not this is not so new what what is is uh, exciting about it is i mean this has been around since the 60s so the soviets were using it in the 60s when you go through the 80s and 90s um, coaches to the um, like uh, Charlie Francis of Ben Johnson fame, the Canadian sprint coach. You know, they they were uh, he, you know he was a, he's the godfather of, of EMS. Sometimes he's referred to. You know they were they were aware of these improvements and were developing some of the protocols that we utilize today. But the beauty of today's technology is that we can be so precise with the protocol and the the personalization of those protocols for purpose. 
and uh, also too then the physiological measurements that it, you know bioelectronics in some regards is going to come into its own in the electronics age in the biosensor data age because it fits absolutely perfect you know it, it's connectivity to um, technology and um, you know even things like algorithm mm. uh, just yeah it's, you know it's at its very infancy with I think uh, you know explosive growth. Yeah, I mean, if you think about modern, you know, health data points that we get now already from things like smartwatches and smartphones, you know, it's, it's you know, you get your heart rate, I can get my heart rate variability from, from a training perspective, you know, blood oxygen, all these, these these things which are becoming mainstream, why not have data on what my muscles are doing and, you know, where where, yeah, where there might be some, some sticking. Or your inflammation. Um, Absolutely. You know, or, or adapting to, you know, what's working for your pain levels, all, all of these things which, you know, bioelectronics sort of fits uh, well, is a perfect fit for yeah. technology. Yeah. Yeah. So how how would someone? Because again, it's, this sounds great, and it it does sound like something. You know, when I was a kid, you hear about these things, and you think, oh wow, this must be you know some some large contraption that you know you have to go to some special special sports rehabilitation or sports performance place to to use. Um, how how does someone go about using this? How do how are these devices? How do they work? And 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 are they relatively mobile? Yeah. So the current. Um, you know, using a, an industry term MVP, which is minimum viable product. So essentially our first generation of, of product, uh, which, you know, hardware-wise, it, it, it works well. I'm not going to say it's groundbreaking, but obviously the technology that's in it is our core technology and, um, you know, it's delivering, you know, advanced uh, protocol or formula in that regard. So we have two products primarily: the handheld, which is a more advanced unit with uh, sort of a larger menu and, and additional modalities and therapies within it. Still simple to use. We've sort of distilled it down into five apps, if you like. And then we have an ultra wearable, which is a portable device that can fit under your clothes. Um, you know, you can wear it under your pants or, or or on your knee or or during training. It's lightweight, so we we uh, do a lot of work with the uh, UK or British bobsled team. And they use the devices while sprint training or, or, or you know, hurdles, uh, launches. Yeah, it's that portable. So it's simply a matter of, depending on the use, but basically attaching it, which is adhesive pads, reusable adhesive pads, turning it on, and then uh, selecting the mode or, or intensity which is suitable for, for your needs, whether that's pain management or whether that is uh, for training purposes. They are, you know, quite simple to use. Um, but similarly, like any tool, so whether it's a dumbbell, you know, or a rowing machine, you sort of, it takes you a little while to find your own rhythm. Um, but, uh, you know, aside from that initial sort of acclimatization stage, uh, very simple and easy to use. And you mentioned there's attachment points. I mean, does the user need to be aware of where they need to attach this and which points do they need that level of understanding of anatomy or, or to, to be able to do that? It depends on, so the more advanced, the more the the higher the level of understanding for the user, you know, I can't say that they won't get more out of it because they will. Sure. But it does not inhibit the novice user or the first-time user or, the, you know, the, the initial user from getting great benefits from it. It's just that as you become more familiar with the, the technology and as you become more familiar with your body and the use of that technology, you'll get more from it. So in some respects, it's good because it will grow with you as your sort of user expertise or experience becomes higher. 
Sure. Yeah, I'm thinking obviously from a from a sports and performance perspective, these people are going to have coaches, they're going to have teams, they're going to have professionals who can help them with this and have that understanding. I'm thinking we're looking at the other end of things. You know, we, we talked about pain management, diabetes, all these. You know, at that at that level, people are not going to have that level of knowledge. So, you know, is this first something that they would get some help with? And I guess the question is, where would if someone is wants to, you know, has an ongoing chronic pain issue and they want to start doing this, do they have to do it under the guidance of a doctor? I mean, where would they go? So the go back to the MVP uh, product analogy. This has ended up in professional sport. Our products have ended up. This current product has ended up in professional sport and clinical use, for which it was never actually designed for. Right? It's designed as a as an over the counter consumer um, you know, lifestyle solution, pain solution. Um, so to answer to your question, I mean. You know, most of our users, uh, so we run, do run pain clinics through community pharmacy, as an example. We do also uh, have products supplied through GPs. We've currently got a drug tariff application in so that it can be prescribed. So, yes, of course, uh, you can uh, use the product in consultation or collaboration with your healthcare specialist, but it is also another the counter product. So you literally can you know, buy the product or, or use the product straight out of the box uh, with, f- f- you know, for most users, um, a positive result. If you want to take it a step further, of course, yeah, there's plenty of area specialists, whether that's in training or whether that's, you know, for, for pain management. And, um, you know, part of our um, roadmap is around uh, healthcare education. So we've we've recently launched a CPD course on um using the technology for for pain particularly focused or, or aimed at gps physios and pharmacies uh so yeah th- there's a bit of education behind it but at the same time you know we have distilled these products into easy to use consumer focused versions so yeah you, you know I, I would say that most people would be able to just use it themselves without that uh, need for specialist advice great and i've got this this is this is one of the products here isn't this is the uh wearable um <laughs> This was uh this this wasn't this wasn't planned by the way this wasn't yeah Rick didn't didn't plant this but actually this was given to us by Mark Hopkins who went on like oh, yeah, you met Mark yes. yeah so Mark went on uh, my wife's podcast it's just a pharmacy podcast so Mark as you mentioned the community pharmacies doing pain clinics so he's they're, they're they're using the pharmacy to 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 help put this into the community and I think that that's a great way it's a great use of something that's already out in the community that people are already used to going to. To, you know, and, and they're probably going there for pain medication anyway. So if there's an alternative therapy that they can use that's relatively easy and you know off the shelf, then I think that's fantastic. So I haven't opened it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be trolling out. Hence my question is, you know, because you know I, I've got a bit of understanding. I've got a sports science background, but at the same time, I'm looking at this through my my consumer eyes and thinking as a and I'm someone that likes technology, so I'm quite keen to to dig in. But how easy it is going to be? So I guess I'll 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 do that and I'll I'll report back. Uh, well, fortunately, that's the simplest <laughs> okay. of the two. Um, Start us off easy then. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm n- n- no obligation. I'm, I'm sure. just going to make you feel guilty if it's not easy. But um, um, but yeah, I mean, look, the, Mark and, and you know our other community pharmacists are doing an amazing job with the pain clinics. And, the, you know, there have been a, a, a huge hit. And some of the, uh, st- you know, stories and case studies that have come out of those for us have yeah, been very, very positive. And we're, we're really pleased. 
Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, for, for people that are listening, I'll, I'll, rather than going over that, I'll listen to that podcast that uh, Mark did with uh, with my wife Anisha because he does talk about a lot about the the results that they're getting, and it's uh, it's just again, you know, look, distilling it from this is something for elite performers and you know the the the, the, the elite athletes to this is actually something that can help everyone out, and uh, yeah, it doesn't matter if you're a you know weekend warrior when it comes to training or you are taking it more seriously, or like you said, you're just trying to trying to manage pain and uh, and uh, you know just live a better quality of life, and I think that's where it's gonna gonna be useful so yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna test it out over the next few weeks and uh i'll uh, I'll, I'll i'll share my findings with with people to let them know how how i got on um where can people find out more uh mark about about the products about neurocore about the work that you're doing so for any professionals uh we are quite active on on linkedin and you know we've got um, some amazing engagement there but also on the traditional channels such as instagram and and facebook etc or you know the corporate the company website is neurocore.com, N-U-R-O-K-O-R.com. Uh, and if you use the .co.uk uh, string on that, it'll take you to the product um, site. But you can find it through the main site any, anyway. But yeah, either that or, or any of the social channels, you should be able to find us by name. Fantastic. Well, I'll, I'll find all those, I'll get all those links and pop them into the show notes for everyone and uh, direct them to have a look. And just, yeah, just, even if just, it's just to, to stoke your interest, have a look at some of the work on there, have a look at some of the, the research that's been done. I think it's, yeah, for me, I mean, like I said, I, I, I geek out on this stuff. So um, it's, it is. <laughs> would you like a draft of our white paper, Sunday? I would love to. Yeah, we can, we can get into yeah. that on the, on the, on part two for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's, it's just, uh, for, I'm a technology enthusiast, so for me, and also I'm a health enthusiast. I want to improve people's well-being and health, and I think anything that can make our lives easier, give us more data. You know, I I wear these watches not because it's fancy, but it's because I'm interested. Yeah, you know, how how what is my heart rate doing? What is this doing? And and having more information, you know, as long as you know how to use that information, then it's only going to help us. You know, as we as we go forward. Agreed, and you know, for, for for us, we see the future of medicine to be a more collaborative approach towards you know clinician and and patient, and the thing is that technology can bridge that you know that collaboration. So that because in the past it was you got a test, your doctor got the results or your clinician got the results, and then they would have to interpret those results to you, and it was it was it was not a collaborative um, you know relationship where the, with the advent of technology it's becoming more and more collaborative and to the point where you know the doctors there or should be in the future there to help you manage you know whatever interventions you're using whether it's your health watch or whether it's our products or what have you it's it's for them and the patient to have that sort of journey and relationship together because those who are engaged in active management of their health always seem to do better yeah no, yeah I, I couldn't agree more um Rick, thank you so much for uh, for your time and your explanation uh, and your insight into into Neurocore and and the products. I, I'm really excited about this this field and this this just this whole area of technology helping us with the health. So I'm really keen to keep an eye out on what what you're doing and, and see you grow and hopefully see you know not bigger but in literally but better products in the future, but bigger and better products in the future. Yeah, they're coming. Thanks, Sanjay. Appreciate it.